getting people to talk about you, I think is a real, especially in the service industry, because there could be one, one wrong thing and it can just go south so badly. Welcome back to the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast, the podcast for HVAC contractors who are ready to quit screwing around and begin growing their business. Today, I'm joined by Lauren Wilson from One Hour Heating and Air, and we're going to talk about how you can leverage traditional and digital advertising to build a strong brand presence. So tell me more about yourself, uh, what you do for one hour, and then a little bit about you know, the local franchise. I was hired on as the marketing coordinator, and Todd wanted me to focus on mainly one hour cares and doing stuff to kind of do retention for comfort club and that kind of stuff. So it wasn't necessarily coming in specifically for marketing stuff like ads and graphic design and that kind of stuff. That was part of it. But the main focus was uh, one hour cares, which was really cool. So, so what is one hour cares? One hour cares is our philanthropic initiative in 2012. Uh, I know, Nonprofits are constantly trying to hit up and partner with companies and do all that kind of thing. And we've been bombarded and we want to help as many people as possible, but it was kind of hard to kind of hang our hat on just one organization locally because we knew so many needed our help. So Todd came up with one hour cares. And in the beginning, every month he would give away $1,000 to a local charity in need. So it was a smaller organization, a local homegrown Hampton Roads organization, and they would get a thousand dollars. It has since grown to Every three months, we'll give away $5,000 to one of those groups. And they don't have to do anything besides get on our website to, um, to nominate themselves and have a chance to win. That's awesome. So is it, do you all see that as kind of an effective way for marketing at all? It is. It's not the goal. Yeah. And it's interesting when we partner with media partners because they'll be like, oh, we can do this and maybe you'll get XYZ out of it. And our big thing is like, we don't like our name can be on it, but the the goal of it is to shine a light on the organizations. Like we want them to get phone calls and yeah. them to do that. It's just kind of a way for people to see our personality. Like we want to give back. We're very into the local scene, the community. I mean, it's an, a national organization and the national organization I believe is connected to uh, children's miracle network, okay. which is a fantastic organization. But Todd really felt that, getting down to the, like the, the ground level, like in your community was much more, it was just much more needed, especially right now. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So you said you were, you weren't necessarily hired on to do like a ton of the marketing stuff, but now you're handling all the marketing, right? You're the marketing coordinator. Yeah. One hour was actually my client. I worked at a, an agency before at the oceanfront and they were my client there. A buddy of mine works here and that's how I kind of got the in. And my background, I kind of know a little bit of everything. So in my head, I always wanted to be kind of an internal marketing agency of one. So I know all that stuff and I can do all that stuff. But the main focus of me coming on board, Todd was like, I know you know that stuff, but the main focus will be beyond just that. Yeah. So you, you, you wear a lot of hats. So how do you how do you find that balance between doing the marketing and then also <laughs> wearing the other hats? It's different every single day. I have a, a sticky note to remind me. I try to put focuses on days on what my main goal is for that day. If I'm working on one hour cares that day, or if I'm working on content marketing, or if it's a PR day, or if I need to 
um, go through invoices and audit those and just check in with media partners and that kind of stuff. But it's different every day. Wow. So what are some, so the, the one hour franchise here locally is, is very well known. Uh, it seems like you have a really, really strong brand presence in, you know, in this area. What are, what are some, you know, some marketing, uh, things that you all have done that have worked particularly well? I would say the number one thing that we've done is dominate radio. That was the first medium broadcast medium that we really dove into. And our goal was to dominate. Um, we put as much as we could at the time in uh, and changed our messaging to be a little more branding and less services and that kind of stuff. Um, right. Cause our thought is a lot of people, like you said, they know our brand. Um, We've been around for 41 years now. More than likely by our name, you know what we do. So we don't have to beat a dead horse and continually tell you that we do heating and air conditioning. So it's more of a why do you want to work with us rather than a what we can do for you. So when you say you all dominate radio, what are some ways that you've done that? I know that you have like a sponsorship with 97.3 The Eagle. Is mm-hmm. that is that really the the primary one you do? So we work with the Wizard of Ads out of Austin, Texas. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard about them and familiar with them. They buy our media and write our scripts and kind of come up with a strategy. And Peter's strategy is more of a get as many people to hear us or see us for as little as possible, like the most efficient buy, um, the most effective buy. And for him, which it took me a hot minute because it was a little bit different than what I learned going to school and in the agencies I was at, but everyone needs or knows someone that needs heating and air conditioning, whether you own or rent or something like your parents may own and you may rent. So as far as like a target market and anybody we can get our message out to, there's not really a specific demographic we're going for. So we're going for anyone. And that's kind of where the media buy comes in is we'll work with the different partners and kind of see what they can give us for how many people we can reach. So you're really going to, to cast like a wide net there. Yeah, because okay. it's it's just more of a branding effort and not a specific like homeowners 35 to 55 and getting that granular in it. There's definitely room for that and um, a purpose for that in a lot of different things. But for our branding campaign that has, I think, been pretty popular over the past few years, that's kind of the the direction we go with that. So do you, do you, do you notice that a lot of people that become customers are aware of you because of the traditional advertising campaigns that you do? That and word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, one example I'll give, which is totally random, but um, Bandit was our mascot for a few years, if you will. And I did uh, an event with him over a weekend with a one hour cares winner, Books on Bikes, out in Newport News. And we were riding bikes, delivering books through Newport News. And there was a, a group of kids that we went up to and one of them was looking at Bandit and he's like, I know you from somewhere. And the kid was like eight years old and Bandit didn't say anything. And we we're both kind of laughing. And then it, like out of nowhere, the kid sang our jingle. Oh, and wow. to me for advertising, it was the funniest thing. Cause like this eight year old kid is not going to be calling us for service, but he yeah. knows who we are because of our jingle, whether he heard it on TV or radio or something like he sang our phone number to Bandit. Yeah. You could just like tell who Bandit was. So So the jingle, is that is that something that was created at the, the franchisor level or is that a local jingle y'all came up with? That's a local one. That's awesome. Cause that I mean that's really what sticks in I think the minds of a lot of local 
consumers is the jingle. And it's hard to get there. Um, yeah. I mean, it's not something that's easily just kind of generated. And even if you have a jingle and you play it a million times over, I mean, it doesn't always sit well with some people. Yeah. Or it's not as memorable, but ours definitely has been successful for us. So how long ago did the jingle come out? Uh, maybe 2009 or 10. Oh, wow. And it actually changed because it was the phone number for a really long time. And um, in the past couple of years, we've changed it to the website. Okay. And that was just kind of an effort of everyone's moving more to doing everything on their mobile or yeah, or on a website. So, I, so how do you, do you guys go about like tracking at all with some of the traditional stuff you do? Like how do you track when someone's saying like, you know, I heard about you from the radio or the So we billboard. do that. Yeah, when they call in all of our um, our client care center, we don't call it a call center. It's our client care center is internal in our office across the street. And we run that um, internally from 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. And it's part of our script when anyone calls in that we'll first ask them where they heard about us. And I know there's a lot of human error in there, um, but that's kind of the general gauge of how we get from people, new customers anyway. If they're existing customers, we don't really log that because they're comfort club members or something but if they're new customers then we'll log how they heard about us that's awesome so do you uh do you get a lot of support from like the franchisor level for marketing or is do they kind of just give you all you know kind of free reins on how you go about marketing your business it's an interesting relationship because we've been around for so long and we're fairly established and there's a handful of the brands across the country that are at our similar level. So the franchisor doesn't trying to figure out how to say this. (laughs) They're not as, I don't want to say strict. Um, They work with us a lot. They're a lot more flexible with us because we're already established. So it would, hurt the brand to step away from all the branding that we've been doing and just go with their messaging and what they're doing just because we've established so many like the jingle and our website and that kind of stuff. So, um, so far we've been able to, they've been gracious and have let us kind of stick with our own direction right now. And I think as long as we continue to be successful and don't really ruffle any feathers on their end that we'll continue. We'll be able to continue to do that. Yeah. And they're, they're great though. I mean, there's a lot of good resources there. Um, and we work together with stuff. I made a suggestion to them the other week for their website, like the corporate website, Mm -hmm. and they ended up changing something on their website. So, Oh, wow. That's, that's, that's really cool that they are, you know, willing to work with you all and let you, you know, continue, you know, doing things the way you've been doing them. And so you guys have recently, acquired or purchased an additional one hour franchise, correct? So in 2018, in October, 2018, we purchased um, a one hour franchise in Nashville and then one in Cookville, both in Tennessee. Okay. So do you do similar, is it, is it all the same out there too? You kind of, you know, hammer hard on the radio and in the traditional, or do you do a little bit more, you know, digital stuff out there? So it's been a, a slow growth out there. Going in, um, and Todd's theory, and it makes sense to me, like advertising just shines a spotlight on whatever you got going on in your business. So yeah. the first thing we did out there was kind of adjust operations. Um, we were acquiring a brand, but it didn't necessarily 
we had to figure out how they were running it and then make minor changes slowly to kind of adjust to how we run things. So over the past two years, we've been kind of getting the machine going. And um, this year, actually, we're going to start with radio. So that'll probably start early February. It'll be a different message, though, because there's just different people out there. It's kind of a different feel. Um, They don't know Todd and Ryan as well as anyone around here. I think anyone would recognize or we hope people would recognize Todd around here, but they don't know his face out there. So interesting coming up with kind of a new a new strategy for out there. And then we're our goal is to continue acquiring. So we're looking at some other locations as well to kind of do the same thing, Yeah, which is cool. But I have, um, while we've waited to do social media, or I'm sorry, while we've waited to do radio, I understood on the back end with my job that I needed to make sure like listings were straight and updated, that social media was under control, that Google had all the right information numbers and everything was set up and just kind of used some of those, uh, a lot of them are free or inexpensive opportunities digitally to kind Mm -hmm. of boost us. Yeah. And then with them, we're able to lean on corporate a little bit more because it's not the same situation in Virginia as it is in, in Tennessee. Yeah. So how did you all do a lot of like local market research in Nashville and Cookville? Uh, that's, I guess, to kind of build that marketing strategy that you're about to roll out? Some. Um, I'm lucky because that's a lot of Peter's stuff with the Wizard of Ads. Okay. So. That's cool. I'm going to say yes, that he's done a lot of research. I've done some of my own just to make sure I'm saying things correctly. Um, One cool thing is the climate is very similar there to here and the equipment is similar. So I don't have to like relearn about boilers and that kind of stuff. Like they use heat pumps and a lot of similar equipment that we use here in Virginia. Interesting. So, So will you use the same jingle in those areas? I'm not sure because they have their own website. So okay, we've been talking through corporate. So we've been talking about that recently, actually. Um, if we want to somehow bring them on to onehourscomfort.com, even though they're different locations or how confusing that may be, or if it's a completely separate entity or hmm. I'm not sure. I will, I'll send you what we do when we finally decide. Cause yeah, that'll, I'm that'll sure be it'll exciting. be pretty cool. Yeah. So you said that there was some operational things you had to change when you all acquired those. So what what were some of those? Were they anything major or was it just some minor things? I think with any business, once you get down to the nitty gritty of like how, what they pay for, what they deem um, to be kind of a good marketing opportunity versus what the return on it is. Um, I mean, from a marketing perspective anyway, but then also who they're distribution partners are, um, what kind of deals are getting with them, how they do um, anything with hiring and training. Um, we've just, I guess over 41 years, we kind of feel like we, we don't think we have it all figured out, but we've been successful thus far. So we think we have something pretty good that we can replicate in other places. So that's kind of our goal is to go in and kind of dig through and see what they're doing with their spending and all that kind of stuff and set that all straight. And then Kind of adjust to to get on our wavelength to to be successful. Nice. So so what are some what are some things that you all have done that you know that you can say like that has differentiated us from other you know competitors in the local market? Like, is there 
are there things that, you know, you, you've looked back and said like, wow, that worked really well. We're going to keep doing that. Um, I would say a lot. Um, personally, I kind of feel like a unicorn because I don't think a lot of one hours or just um, HVAC companies in general have a dedicated marketing person internally that handles a bunch of that stuff. A lot of it is shared just with GMs or managers or operations. I mean, a lot yeah. of different people. Um, so I think we're at an advantage. Public relations, I think, is a big advantage because HVAC in general, I think, just gets a bad rap. Um, and I think it's super important to get involved through like one hour cares and that kind of stuff, but just winning awards that maybe people wouldn't consider a heating and air conditioning company winning a local one anyway. Um, yeah. I mean, local and national stuff, I think has kind of set us apart because we've applied for those and, and gotten those. And I just don't oh, think wow. other people kind of have that on their radar because it's kind of a more granular thing. So you all have won national awards. We have um, okay. through, I want to say we, ACA, the Air Conditioning Contractors of America, our service manager was service manager of the year two years ago, oh, Wow, which is pretty cool. And he got to go out there. A couple of our techs, we sent them out there as well. So he got a little oh. photo op with our team um, and then a nice plaque with a flag. And it was pretty cool. And then we've won contractor of the, not contractor of the year. We've been nominated for contractor of the year, but we've won best contractor to work for on the East coast, I think twice. Oh, wow. Through, through another national publication. That's really cool. So do you think those have like really helped you all set yourselves apart? Those awards? I think they work in a lot of different ways. I think, um, if, uh, if someone's just looking for a company, I think they bode well for us as far as reputation um, and trustworthiness and that kind of thing. For anyone looking to work for us, I think they also kind of give a better outline of who we are that we don't mind having a spotlight on us. Like that's, we want people to know who we are and see us. And I think that sets us apart if someone's looking to, to work for a company like ours. And then okay. other companies as well. Um, it's been cool for me to be able to connect with other one hour franchises around the country answer questions um, with them or brainstorm with them about marketing or PR things. And then I also have gotten to know other local um, HVAC companies and kind of talk to them about ideas and different stuff like that. That's cool. So, so there's, it sounds like there's a lot of like really good collaboration among other franchises. Mm -hmm. That's cool. So do you all have like an annual like convention or like regional get togethers or anything? I believe so. Um, that's more of the management stuff. Okay. Um, nice. They definitely have uh, yeah, the big get togethers. Yeah. Not right now, but <laughs> it was all virtual this year. So I, I heard you mention something about the one hour comfort club. What's that? Comfort club. That's our, our maintenance program, okay. which was another cool thing. Um, I kind of sound like a nerd by saying that's the comfort club is cool. But uh, <laughs> when I started, that was kind of another, another project of mine that Todd just wanted to do more. We have over 13,000 comfort club members in Hampton Roads. And wow. we have all these um, guarantees that we give them and this extra special stuff, but there's just always more we can give to them. So when we were having like baseball games and that kind of stuff, we would get a bunch of tickets and have a night that we invited the comfort club out to, to that. 
um, One Hour Cares was also involved in that, so that was pretty fun. I actually have um, been working with Taylor's Do It Center locally for probably the past three or four years. And our Comfort Club members can always get a free filter from us. They can drive to Virginia Beach, come to our office, like give us a call ahead to make sure we have the size and we'll give you a free filter. But we realized because of the geography here in Hampton Roads, that's not always convenient for someone in Williamsburg to drive all the way to Virginia Beach to get a filter. So Mm -hmm. we have partnered with Taylor's Do It Center for the South Side because they have 11 different locations. And um, I'll send out a coupon monthly and they can go and just get a free filter and then Taylor's will just bill us. Wow. Which is pretty cool. And then um, out in the Peninsula, uh, Peninsula Ace Hardware has also gotten on board. Nice. That, that's really cool. I've never, you know, I've heard of, of, you know, HVAC companies and plumbing companies doing, you know, kind of a, a, a maintenance plan where it's, you know, that's that recurring, you know, 22 bucks a month or whatever, you, you know, most people charge. Yeah. But I've never thought of it as a way for you all to kind of treat them as like literally like a club, like where they can go get together at the baseball game with other comfort club members. You, you, you yeah. It's, it's, that's really that's pretty brilliant because you know you're making them have a sense of belonging with your company and a lot of people so we'll get reports um there is a lot of data that comes through here and uh it's it's neat to look at that and then know that people actually make decisions based on the data that comes in here so we get a lot of data when people cancel their comfort club and um they may have moved um passed on i mean there's a lot of different reasons but if the thing says that they didn't see the value in it. That's kind of where I want to go. Okay, how can we make this more valuable? Because in a perfect world, if your system works great, we come once or twice a year to check on it. I mean, every month you're not wondering like, man, I wonder what my HVAC company is doing and I really miss them and I want them to come back out here. Like it's back of back of mind for everybody. No one sits and wonders what's going on with their furnace or air conditioner unless something's wrong. And then it's the most important thing in the world. So through the additional things like the email campaigns and the free filters, it's just kind of a, a nudge to the Comfort Club members every month just to kind of remind them that we're around. Um, yeah. They do have the perks available to them if they need them. Yeah. And just it's less invasive because we'll call them and stuff. But, I mean, no one wants to be called to death. Yeah. So do you notice that those Comfort Club members – have a higher rate of, you know, like conversion on like upsells? I don't know. That's a good thing to look at. Um, I would say yes, only because we've gained that trust with them. Yeah. And um, our goal is never to upsell anyone or sell them anything they don't need, but we will go in there and kind of, you know, identify if there's an opportunity, if someone has allergies. I was on a, a call with one of our comfort advisors the other day and the man was telling us that like him and his family had severe allergies. So then we have probably four or five different indoor air quality products, but the comfort advisor honed in on like the one that would be specific to the allergies that he was discussing. Wow. That's awesome. That's, that's really, I mean, I think, I think that for me, that's, that's been probably the, the gold nugget of this podcast recording that, I think that if you're listening, you should definitely take away that the, the comfort club idea. I mean, that's just the the, maintenance programs. Yeah. The maintenance programs and and making them feel like they're not just a customer, but making them feel like they're a member, you know, of a club almost, you know, like a country club or like they're, you know, part of an exclusive group. Uh, 
that's I mean that's that's really good and, just, and that just speaks volumes to you know when you treat your customers like gold you know they'll stick mm-hmm. around and, and they'll pay for those programs and the downside because there's a downside to everything of course is mm-hmm. for us for comfort club members like it's about to be really cold here on Christmas night like it's going to be 25 degrees or something I think so we are already anticipating that the phones are going to be ringing off the hook for any yeah. local HVAC company because it's going to be so cold. Yeah, because pipe, pipes will start freezing and stuff too. Yes. Oh, yeah. So when we get to that point, we pretty much know that, um, and we make a guarantee, I'm sorry, to our Comfort Club members that they're going to be front of the line. That's part of the benefit of them paying monthly to be in that club. So unfortunately, we have to sometimes turn away non-members. Yeah just to be able to cater to those because they do pay that premium. So I know that um, does not always make for great conversations on the phone when you are in need of immediate assistance or something. Um, And because of our branding, that's sometimes while, um, especially for digital, I guess, we'll kind of pump the brakes when it gets to a point like that because it can change so quickly and be so overwhelming with phone calls and you can't get to everybody. Yeah. And not ever. I mean, no, not all people want to make an appointment for three weeks out when your house is freezing like today. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's really interesting because, you know, with Christmas, you know, even though we're not supposed to be gathering, people are still going to gather and, Mm -hmm. you know, with it getting cold and pipes freezing and they've got to turn the the heater on and, you know, it's not working. Well, suddenly they're hitting the emergency button. Uh, So I could see where that could, for a non-member, get a little like, a uh, little, maybe a little irritating, you know, that they got turned away. Yeah. Um, but there's also, you know, money on the table, I guess, at that point. So yeah. what, is there really like, you know, kind of a a good mixture for them? Do you kind of like help them feel as if they, you know, they're still valued as a customer or that they, you know, could be serviced later in the day or something? We do. And because of the stereotype, I think uh, that, or the stigma that HVAC has with some people, we will say like, Eric, we're going to take your name and put it on a standby list. We'll call you as soon as something's available because we can't guarantee an appointment time right now. And we don't want to, you know, blow smoke up your rear end and just tell you something and not be able to commit to it. Cause that's always on time or you don't pay a dime. I mean, we're all about committing and guaranteeing yeah. and being there. So we're just going to be upfront and tell you that we can't. And I'm sure that makes people cringe and they're like, ah, they're never going to call me back. But we legit have a system, um, I saw an email this morning, double checking that we have a system set up that our call center is aware of who is on the standby list. And we will call every single one of those numbers and every single one of those people. It might be tomorrow, it might be in four days or a week or something, but like we will get back to you. Wow. Um, so I, I had written a note down to talk about this. Uh, so what, what are some of the different ways that you uh, you leverage the weather, you know, to pivot your marketing? So you said that like whenever, you know, you see a big freeze coming up, you'll kind of pump the brakes on on some things and uh, kind of, you know, step back for a bit. What how do you what do you do typically for those? Do you completely pause marketing or do you just change the messaging? We we don't ever really change the messaging because our messaging um, is rarely super specific to um, a time or an offer or anything like that. We only do offers maybe twice a year. Um, But, and Todd will always say that too, like we can't run the business based on the weather, like that fluctuates and stuff. But um, 
we can't let that control. So when something is coming, we'll kind of anticipate it with the schedule and everything else, just knowing that people are going to call and there's nothing we can do about it. Um, And then if there is like a a digital ad that says we can be out there or like call now, we'll be there today or anything like that, we would definitely take that down because we wouldn't be able to keep that promise if we would have something like that. Um, And that's why I do like digital because if there is something like that going on, we can easily and quickly change what the messaging is and make sure we have the correct message going out. Yeah, that yeah, that is the the silver lining for digital and I mean, I guess with a billboard you could just climb up there with, you know, some spray paint and <laughs> yeah, J, JK next to it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't call. Not really. <laughs> uh, so, um, you know, you're starting to wrap up here. What if someone was about to start an HVAC company or they were, you know, about to go off on their own and start their own company? what's some advice you would give them for starting up with marketing? Maybe they're on a shoestring budget and they don't have enough money to hire anyone. Like what's some advice you would give them? Um, what would I tell them? I would definitely make sure you take advantage of the low hanging fruit, the social media. Um, and I would lean on family and friends and just make sure you have kind of your, your army of advocates behind you to support you um, in everything you're doing. Cause I think the, the word of mouth is still the king, I believe. Um, yeah. And, and reviews and all that kind of stuff. I mean, just mm-hmm. getting, getting people to talk about you, I think is yeah. a real, especially in the service industry. Yeah. Because there can be one, one wrong thing and it can just go south so badly. Um, yeah. But just making sure you have the advocates and, and just taking advantage of any inexpensive opportunity if you do have a shoestring budget. But knowing that that takes work too. Yeah. There's no easy thing out there. Yeah. And that's, that's one thing I, I talked about in a previous podcast was about word of mouth and using those Facebook recommendations. You know, if you can, oh yeah, if you can get inside private groups, like, you know, a neighborhood group or something like that, or an HOA group or something on Facebook, and you can have people get on there and advocate for you. Mm-hmm. I feel like nine times out of 10, you're going to get that business. Especially if you have multiple yeah. people saying, oh, call John, call John, call John. And I would also, um, to your point, personify your business as much as possible. Like, don't be one hour heating and air conditioning. You are like Todd that owns one hour heating and air conditioning. Like, be yeah. you and kind of the business is the business, whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, if you love chocolate, if you love dogs, if you, I mean, if there's any little special thing that you can throw out there to let people know that you're a business owner and you want to take care of people and you run an HVAC company, but they can relate to you in all these other different ways. I don't think, I don't know if people are uncomfortable. I'm sure people are uncomfortable in front of a camera or anything like that, but like getting your face out there and just information about you as much as possible, I think yeah. is really effective just in getting people to relate to you more and understand you and want to do business with you. Yeah. Now that I think about it, you know, some of the brands that, you know, at least locally that really, you know, resonate with me whenever I think about something are the ones where, they've personified their business and kind of built that personal brand over top of the business mm-hmm. where, you know, like I've never met, you know, the owners of one hour, but I know when I see his face, Oh, that's, you know, that's one hour heating and air, you know, I, yeah, they're always on time or I don't pay a dime. And yeah. so it's, that's, yeah, I think that's great advice. And it was um, when we had banded, it was super funny because he, 
was supposed to be, and he was the contrast of our business. So we're clean and on time and like really care about the customer. And then Bandit was dirty and late all the time and didn't really care. And it cracked me up because we were at a trade show one time and him and I were there, like we split the booth. So there was a Bandit booth and then the one hour booth. And people are walking by and there was an older gentleman there with his wife and people didn't really recognize Bandit right away. But as soon as he did his voice, people would turn and either laugh or do something. But there was one old man that despised Bandit. Like as he was walking away, like he just, he had such strong feelings against Bandit. And I don't know if he was annoyed. I don't know if he just thought he was a scumbag. Like, I don't know what it was, but I mean, it works in both ways. So yeah. It just cracks me up. Like he's just a character. Like it's, yeah. he lives in Portsmouth. Like his yeah. name's Kenny. Like he's a cool guy. But <laughs> don't hate Kenny. I know. Like playing this character on TV yeah. and radio. Like it just people got such strong feelings about how just awful he was, and he really yeah. wasn't that bad. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for your time and for yeah, being on the you. show. You brought a ton of great knowledge here that I'm really excited to share. Uh, with all of our our listeners yeah i'm excited thank you for having me yeah absolutely so uh have a great rest of your day and a great holiday uh, upcoming holiday i will and you as well all right thank you talk to you soon okay bye